0: And, uh, Passion week with this uh, Eve of Good Friday. So, this evening I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Titus. I know you're all wondering if I'd go to Genesis, but no. We're going to go to Titus today. In Titus chapter 2 in particular. And starting in verse 11, I have two short passages. The very end of chapter 2 and a little bit in chapter 3 that I'd like to share with you this evening for a brief study around God's Word. In Titus 2, verse 11, we read this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Chapter 3, verse 4 reads this. Of eternal life the question that I have for you this evening is what do you see when you look at the cross when you consider the cross what comes to your mind what do you see it's easy for us to look at things and sometimes not be able to see them very well I don't know if you have this experience but in my household From time to time, I'll be in the refrigerator and I'll say, honey, where's the ketchup? I can't find it. We must be out of ketchup. And she says, it's in the door. I don't see it. And she'll come over and there it is, magically, every time. Countless things. She's got this special tracker that she can find things. She can see things that I can't see oftentimes way more often than i'd like to admit but sometimes it's very easy for us to overlook the cross we see it up front here we see it on other churches and sometimes we think about some of the ideas and thoughts of the heinousness that it represents but there's more to it than that as we saw in the video look to the cross and tonight, in this little snippet of Scripture that I just shared with you, there's three things that are pointed out in the text by something that's appearing, something that we can see that we're going to look at for just a few moments tonight that I want you to see so as to not overlook what we see when we look at the cross. Before we study, let's ask God's blessing. Would you please pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity where we can gather together And we can consider your truth. And we can worship in it. Lord, it's very easy for us to think that uh, we're done worshiping. We sang our songs. No, the worship continues as we hear from you. As we reflect back to you what we're hearing from your word. Especially about the cross of Christ. And who you are and what you've done for us. So Lord, help us not to miss anything that you might have for us this evening that might be an encouragement, that might strengthen us, that might help us to stand in walking with you. So Lord, help us in our study. We pray this in your son's wonderful and awesome name this evening. Amen. Again, I hope you have your Bible with you. Just. Three thoughts that come right out of this passage. The first thought is this. As we look at the cross, we've seen his grace. Beloved, if there is no cross, there is no grace. First of all, here we see his grace brings salvation. Verse 11 said, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. His grace. It's appeared. We see it when we look at the cross because it's from the cross that we can finally have access to his grace. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. It's not just a little grace, you guys. Lavished on you. In the Greek, this word lavished, the the root of meaning has to do with this idea of superabundance, superabounding or excelling, to superabound in quantity or quality, to be in excess. This grace is more than we need to abound, to have more abundance, be more abundant, to be the better, to have enough and to spare over and above, we would say. Verse 11 and then it goes on to say, bringing salvation for all. It's enough for all. Salvation. Salvation from what? Deliverance. Preservation. Safety. From whom? From what? From God. Why? Because of our sin and rebellion, we are under God's just wrath. And so you know, we talk about, oh, we're saved from sin, right? Well, yeah, you are. Saved from death. Yeah. yeah. No, we're saved from the wrath of God. This is huge. A.W. Pink says, Saved from the penalty the power, the presence, and most importantly, the pleasure of sin. Oh, wow. His grace brings salvation, and we've seen his grace. But not only that, it's his grace that makes us righteous. The grace that we see in the cross as Jesus dies in our place, it's that very death that brings us righteousness, The passage goes on in verse 12, training us. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. You mean I don't have to keep living the way I've been living in outright rebellion? No, you've been freed from that. Now you have access to his righteousness, and we can finally walk rightly with him in the grace that we see in the cross. So we've seen his grace. Secondly this evening, we've also seen his glory. When we look at the cross, we see his glory. That's what the passage says. First of all here, he is the one who gives us hope as we look at the cross. Again, this bearer of torture. We we kind of go, oh, this is horrible. No, but but that's what brings hope. How so? Verse 13. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. His glory is appearing. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. No, we've got a hope here. He gave us hope in the cross that we can be forgiven, that we can be renewed, we can be reconciled, restored for a future that he has for us by way of the resurrection as we'll see on Sunday. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. We have a, a living hope. So we've seen his glory by way of this hope. But not only that, we see his glory in light of the fact that he gave himself for us. That's what the passage reads in verse 14. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. This is so beautiful. Do you see the glory of Christ in the cross as he gives himself for us? Jesus himself said, greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. Isn't that what is glorious? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because that's sacrifice. Sacrifice means death. To have a sacrifice that leads to death can only communicate one major thing, love. So when we look at the cross, we see his glory. Glory because of the hope that comes with it and the love that we see as he gives himself for us. But not only that, not only have we seen his grace, not only have we seen his glory as we look at the cross, thirdly, here we have seen his goodness and loving kindness. Because that's what the passage says. Now, jumping to chapter 3, verse 4. Hopefully, you can follow along. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appear, there it is again, this third appearing. We've seen the appearance of glory, the appearance of grace, and now the appearance of his goodness and loving kindness. When the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, what? He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. It's not about us. It's about him. But according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration the renewal of the Holy Spirit, You see, his mercy has been poured out on us in an amazing way. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, it says, by the washing of regeneration, renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So not only has he poured out his mercy, but he's poured out his Holy Spirit on us. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit now takes up residence in your heart and life and makes you a new creation wherein all the old has passed away and everything has been made new. We've seen his goodness, his loving kindness. David writes in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I can't help but think that Paul is thinking about this as he talks about his goodness and his mercy. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If you're in Christ, understand this. As you're going about your life, walking with him, the goodness, it's right behind you, it's following you. You can't get away from it. He's got you, and it's good. His loving kindness endures. His mercy has been poured out on us, but not only that, his grace has guaranteed our eternal inheritance. In verse 7, it simply says this, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. If you're in Christ, you are now a joint heir with Christ, Scripture says, which means now you have access to all that he is. Now understand, apart from him, you don't have access to any of it. But with him, you have access to all of his grace, all of his hope, All of his mercy, and it's been guaranteed by his sheer grace toward us as an eternal deposit. Beloved, this is fantastic. This is incredible. We see, as we look at the cross, his goodness and his loving kindness, we see his glory, we see his grace. I hope when you look at the cross, you don't miss that. As we reflect even tonight on who Jesus is and what he's done for us, marvel, dare I say, worship him over the fact of his outrageous graciousness toward us. His glory. His mercy. His loving kindness. Now as we move to the Lord's table tonight, in reflection of these things, here at Oakwood Bible Church, we have an open communion table. By this is meant that all those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior are so very welcome to participate with us as we Celebrate the two simple elements of the bread and the cup. The bread which represents the broken body of Christ and the cup which represents the shed blood of Christ for us. If you have children with you, we encourage you to make sure they understand the gospel. If they haven't made a profession of faith, I encourage you to let the elements pass until such time as they understand what they're participating in. But... Uh, Otherwise, if they understand, they have a working understanding of the gospel, then we invite them to join with us. We uh, trust parents to make the right choice on that. The Apostle Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians issues this admonition to all who consider partaking in the bread and the cup. Paul writes, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. In the simple call for you to reflect where you are with God, are you walking with Him in a way that's real? And if so, then we invite you to participate. If you're really wrestling, you're not in a good place with God right this minute, you might want to let the elements pass. But better yet, in this moment, as we have a time of reflection, make things right with him, and then freely join us. It's possible you don't know Christ. You've never given your life to Christ. Again, we encourage you to let the elements pass. We don't want you to participate in something you don't even believe in. But even better would be for you to put your faith and trust in him tonight, and then freely join us as we celebrate who he is and what he's done for us. So let's open these uh, communion kits at the same time here. We'll make that funny noise on the cellophane. Out. We've been talking about this in the in the office about coming to a place where we can actually pass communion cups back out again. Someday, it will come. So as we prepare to partake of the bread and the cup together, we invite you to please hold both elements and we will then thank the Lord for the bread and the cup separately. So during this time of preparation, I encourage you to be in prayer, examining your own heart before God, seeking his forgiveness and deliverance, renewing your commitment to him and remembering with thanksgiving his sacrifice for you on the cross as he paid your penalty for all of your sins once and for all. Let's take the next few minutes uh, in silence and just reflect on our time before the Lord individually in a time of quiet reflection. Please pray aloud with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As Paul has written to the church at Corinth, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I've asked Elder Tim Peterson to pray for the bread which was broken for us.
1: opportunity, the only way for us to have a lasting and eternal relationship with you. Jesus, thank you so much for taking upon yourself our sin and our shame. It held you there, and then you died for us, and then the grave could not hold you. Thank you for this outrageous and, and amazing act love for us, and that's the purpose that you were sent to the earth here, so we could learn of you and so that you could sacrifice yourself for us. It's unbelievable, but yet we believe, and we now have the righteousness uh, that uh, that you have bestowed upon us. And as the song said, Lord, uh, full atonement, how can it be? Hallelujah, what a Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.
0: Please take and eat. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I've asked Elder Tom Ellier to pray for the cup which was poured out for us.
2: Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to focus on the cross and its power. Lord, we realize that we are unworthy to come before you and to be part of your family and ourselves, but you sent your son and your grace and your love and mercy to take upon him all the weight of our sin that we might be forgiven justified in in your sight through Christ. We thank you for all that that means, Lord, for your marvelous grace. And as we think about that, Lord, we think of the precious blood of Christ that was shed on the cross, without which there would be no remission of sins, no forgiveness of sins. So as we partake of this grape juice, may it remind us of that, of its power, and of your great love for us, and may you bless us as we partake together, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Please take and drink. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory of the cross, for the hope cross, the salvation that's in it. Lord, when we look at the cross and we see it, may we see your grace. May we see your glory. May we see your mercy and loving kindness more than all else. Lord, thank you for this time of remembrance tonight. We want to give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in the glorious name of Christ. And all God's people said, amen.